0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. I'm gonna be in the book of Luke chapter 22 today, Luke chapter 22. On Monday, this last week, I was able to visit a homeless community here in South Bend. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called Motels for Now. And Motels for Now is an old motel complex. And right now it houses a little over 100 homeless men and women and gets them off the street in sort of this program that gives them an easier next step. And there's a group of people who would do a, a Bible study on Monday night. And so I was just visiting and seeing how I can encourage and and help support and because it's a great program. Here's what the picture of it looks like. Like it's not a real fancy hotel complex, right? And and there's great things happening there. Just this last week here at the Vineyard because one of the residents of Motels For Now actually comes to the church and uh, Clint is his name and he got baptized here at the Vineyard last week. Like how cool is that? So there's great things. There's great things uh, happening, but what I noticed as I was going with another group of folks door-to-door to invite them to the Bible study is there's also some challenges happening. Knocked on the first door, and a and, uh, woman inside of it was on her bed. She was an older woman, and she couldn't get out of bed to go to the Bible study because she had arthritis so bad. Like, it was it was sad, she just could not get out of bed. So we prayed, and we were going to the next room for the next invitation, ran into, probably 10 steps away, ran into a younger woman, probably in her early 30s, and she was just crying, standing there. And we inquired, what's, what's going on? And she said that she had just learned that her brother passed away. Ah, oh, like that's, that's sad. We, we moved to the next place, and there was a group of guys I'm not sure what they were doing, but we shouldn't be there, right? So he moved on to the next group, and and, uh, the last person we ran into was in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank. He was struggling breathing, and he was telling us that someone had stolen his medication, and he was debating calling the ambulance because he was struggling breathing. And we prayed for him, but I I walked away from that evening and I thought, wow, not only does this community struggle with, they don't have a permanent home, but this community feels like it's under some sort of attack. Have you ever felt that way? Like a heaviness, like I don't know what it is, but deep in my soul I feel like I'm getting attacked. Anyone ever feel that way? Okay, a few of you. Good. It's not good. Let me give you a couple of Uh, additional examples later on the week I I was talking to a student and the best way I could publicly share the struggle was he had he's struggling relationally in so many different ways and now he's back to school so he's got that on top of the relationship struggles and it just feels heavy to him And then I had a conversation with a husband and wife that had been married for some time. Yeah, they're contemplating divorce. It's just sad to me. I talked to a business owner this week, and, and he was describing, like, this is a hard season in business, and it's just a hard, I think he said, it's a hard plow. Like, harder than it should be. Even if I think about my own life, over the summer... Uh, My wife has struggled uh, with some health issues. And so if I'm just transparent, it's not been a great summer. And it's felt like we've been under this spiritual attack. Now, as I say that, the word spiritual attack is not something you can look up in Webster's dictionary and get a definition. So I'm going to try to, I, I actually came up with my own definition of what a spiritual attack is. Here's what I think it is. It's a situation that challenges your faith, and could lead you to question God, your spiritual life, or or the deeper things of faith. That's what I think a spiritual attack is. It's beyond a bad day, or a bad situation, or bad gas. It's something that's deeper than that. It's It's something that begins to allow us to question maybe even things like this. God, if you're real, why does this situation happen? And if the attack continues to come and we don't navigate it well, we we begin to potentially start to question foundational beliefs in God or even our identity, which is given by God. Even our purpose in life or relationships that are meant to be life-giving, we begin to question those things. And if we continue not to navigate spiritual attacks well, I think we can even begin to question what fundamental truth is. We can question our sexuality, our gender, what love is. Is life even worth it? And I think, maybe, maybe you can disagree with me, But I think that we are living in a time where people are choosing to deconstruct their faith in some of the true things in life because a spiritual attack has come against them and they have not navigated it in a healthy, spiritual, or mature way. And now they have drifted so far away from the truth that they're getting eaten up. It's why I think this message is really important. We finished the Joseph Message series this last week, and we start a new series this next week. So there's this little buffer of one series that I get to ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want me to share? And even though this is not, a, like, I'm not looking forward to this message. Like, there's not a lot of jokes and funniness in this. It's, it's challenging, but I think it is so critically important for our time today. Now, just to be clear, not everything is a spiritual attack, right? I I don't know about you, but sometimes I do dumb stuff, and when I do dumb stuff, I can't call that a spiritual attack. Sometimes we just have a bad day. I can remember 10 or 15 years ago, in the middle of the day, uh, working in the marketplace, a drunk driver hit me in the middle of the day. I was fine. Uh, A drunk driver hit me. Like, that guy did something dumb. It interrupted my week, right? I was fine. That was probably not a spiritual attack. That was just a bad day. But spiritual attacks are real. We can look in Scripture and get a description of these. Ephesians 6 says this. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord, his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. Look at this. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Plural. The devil is crafty. He knows you, and he knows how to push your buttons. It's not one scheme. It's multiple. What about this? 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert, sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. I don't know about you, but I don't want to have areas of my life devoured by a spiritual attack. Do you? It, it just does not sound fun to me. I think we have to navigate them better as followers of Jesus. I'm conv- I've had too many discussions this year. We have to navigate these better. And today I want to look at a passage where Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he highlights a few things that are really important. But before I get to the text, I need to give you some background. Jesus has invited the disciples to a private dinner. We would call this the Last Supper. It's it's before he's going to hang on the cross, die for our sins. And he's gathered the disciples, and he's trying to tell them, listen, this is serious. Pay attention, I'm going to die on a cross. And they're not getting it. They're not really completely understanding. They're even arguing who's going to be the greatest disciple, which is ridiculous to me. But I, I can sort of get myself, right, there's just this confusion. And in the middle of this dinner, and it's confusing, Jesus does something. He leans over to one of the disciples, Simon Peter, and he shares something. And it's going to be in our text today. It's Luke 22. So imagine dinner going on. Jesus leans over to Simon Peter. He says this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he, Simon Peter, replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. It's just a few verses, but in it is many things we could learn about spiritual attacks. Before I jump into the two that I see that I'm learning Can you pray with me? So Father, I pray in this message that you would help us. We so desperately do not want to be devoured by the enemy. So I pray that you would give us wisdom. Open our hearts, our ears, and our minds to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's what I see. You can write this on your handout. Jesus' warning to Peter highlights spiritual attacks are aggressively targeted. Spiritual attacks are aggressively targeted. I'm going to argue that the disciples were in a good season before this dinner. There was opposition. There were problems. But if we can get our brains wrapped around the fact that every time the disciples went with Jesus and Jesus preached a message, there were crowds that followed him. He he would come up to people who were sick or lame and, and Jesus would put his hand on them or do some crazy thing and pray for them and they were healed. He would even raise dead people back to life. And now Jesus gathered the 12 to a private dinner. Like this is a good season of ministry and they're a little confused and Jesus shares this. We read it a minute ago. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. First thing I notice in this is Satan has to ask Jesus permission. It, it's fascinating. I would love to go down that rabbit trail, but I'm not going to. Because I noticed something else. When, when when Jesus asked Simon Peter this, Simon Peter didn't say, So, what'd you tell the devil? And Jesus didn't say, you know, because you guys were arguing who's the best, and you're a bunch of knuckleheads. I told the devil yes. No, none of that discussion occurred because what was happening is Jesus was trying to prepare and awaken Simon Peter to there will be an attack and the attack is going to be like being sifted like wheat. I don't know about you, but when I hear the word sifted by wheat, the image that comes to my mind I actually chose a picture is is this. Right, you, you've got weed and you've got a little sieve and you you've uh, you're sort of dropping it gently, and the wind blows, the chaff away, and the wheat falls, and it's sort of this gentle process. That, that's not what Jesus was talking about. Being sifted as wheat in Jesus' day looks way different. This is what it looks like. Let me read this. This, is, this comes from a commentary. It says, Sifting wheat is repeated, swift, and violent shaking of wheat in a sieve. The point of sifting wheat is to separate off the rubbish. There's various views about the details of sifting wheat. One explanation of the figure is that the heads and stalks of the wheat were beaten and trampled on the threshing floor. Then small quantities of the broken mass were placed in a sieve to be violently shaken so that the wind would blow, off, blow the chaff away, leaving behind the wheat. The vigorous shaking causes the chaff to rise to the surface so that it can be thrown away. This is not a gentle process. Go back to the first. Look at this. Repeated. Think of your spiritual battles that you're in or have faced before. Did they feel like repeated, swift, violent, shaken, that was beaten and trampled? It's Jesus is trying to warn Simon Peter, this is not going to be a gentle sifting. And look what... Jesus says next, But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. You can write this on your handout. The target of the attack is my faith. The target, whatever the attack in your life looks like, it it looks different than the attack in my life. Whatever the attack you're going through looks different. The reason for the attack is not to drive you nuts, it's to shake your faith. So you begin to question the things of faith and get you to drift far enough away that you no longer believe in the basic truths of what God would have for you. See, Satan is sifting because he's betting that your faith is not strong enough to bear up under the beating and the stomping and the violence of his attack. That's what he's betting. But Jesus is warning us. It's the faith. He's praying for you. It's the faith that's the reason for the attack. This is described all throughout Scripture, a couple of examples. 1 Peter now, for a little while, you have suffer all kinds of grief and trials. But look at this; these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith it's of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire. It's the faith that Satan's trying to get you to deny. James one, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Satan is testing your faith. 1 Peter 5.8, we read part of this earlier. Be alert, sober mind. Your enemies prowling around like a roaring lion. Resist him standing firm in the faith. That's what Satan's attacking. And I think it's helpful for us to recognize that. He's not just attacking our finances, our relationships, all the things that annoy us. He's zeroed in on our faith. And if we know what he's zeroed in on, then we can start to shore up areas that will help our faith, which is exactly what Jesus leads us to. But first, Jesus' warning to Peter highlights spiritual attacks are aggressively targeted. And then Jesus' warning to Peter, this is the second thing I see, it highlights a lack of spiritual depth. A lack of spiritual depth. Peter, in hearing this warning from Jesus, I I see this like a quick response. It's sort of a knee-jerk reaction. He says, but he, Simon Peter, replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. That's the right answer, right? You're looking at Jesus and so knee-jerk. I'm with you, man. I got you. Matthew, another disciple Here's the same conversation, records it this way. Matthew says, but Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. But Jesus sees right through this. There's there's no hiding those knee-jerk reactions from him. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me which is exact just hours later, Simon Peter is, is out in public and people are like, hey, you're, you're with that Jesus guy. No. Three times. Peter's shallow comment led him to disgrace, opened him up to attack. Have you ever had those shallow responses? You know what the right answer is, and so it just comes out. But if we're honest, we're all smart people. If we're honest, it's shallow. There's nothing behind that sentence. You can write this in. Spiritual shallowness is an entryway to spiritual attack. Spiritual shallowness is an entryway to a spiritual attack. The enemy and God can see right through our spiritually shallow comments and actions. We're not fooling anyone that matters. I want to give you an example in my own life. I shared earlier that my wife had some uh, health struggles over the summer. Things are looking better now. But over the summer... There was this one particular day where I was frustrated because she wasn't feeling great. And we were outside, other things were going on too. We were outside walking in our lawn in the afternoon, and uh, I was getting eaten up by mosquitoes. And I was frustrated because my wife was not getting eaten up by mosquitoes. And It was just my, like I wasn't angry, but I was full of frustration at the things that were going on. And so we went inside, and uh, I was, uh, it was later on in the evening, still a little light out. And so I was going to go to my porch, and I was going to pray. I don't know if you've ever prayed things like this, but I went out on my porch by myself, and I said, God, if you're real, I want to sit on this porch, and I don't want to be bitten by a mosquito. It's kind of an honest prayer, isn't it? Took it a step further, and I got my phone out, and I put a timer on because I wanted to sit there for 20 minutes and not be eaten by a mosquito. I know it's silly. I was frustrated. My wife wasn't feeling good. It's not a great day, and I was itchy. So for 20 minutes, I sat there, and not one mosquito bit me. Which the right and proper response is, praise the Lord, but my wife was still sick. And I was angry. So I stood up and I said, God, that's great that no mosquitoes bit me. Now heal my wife. Ten minutes after that, I felt this deep sense of conviction from the Lord with him telling me, this is not for you, this is for me. How dare you approach me like that? And in that moment, I realized how shallow that, it was a good prayer, but how shallow it was. And the Lord was highlighting, at least for me, that in that moment, I should not approach God like a vending machine to get all the things I want, but rather approach him with fear and reverence. And in that moment, he also convicted me that I should be praying and fasting more. That's for me. The Lord in that moment showed and proved that I had some shallow areas in my life and was inviting me into more spiritual depth. No matter how deep we think we are, there's probably some shallow areas that can be shored up. Can we just be honest for a second? Even if we think we're amazing, I mean, we're the 1030 crew. there's probably some areas that can be shored up. Jesus gave a warning to one of the disciples that he had some areas that needed to be... What he was saying was shallow. I think probably we've got some areas in our life as well. Jesus even teaches about this. There's a, a parable that he shares to quite a few people And it's the parable of the sower. And he's talking about depth. Let's see if we can pull this apart. Look what he says. Jesus says, Some people are like seed along the path. And when the word is sown, as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away away the word that was sown in them. Pause. Some people have Literally no depth. And so when they hear the good word of whatever the scripture says, they don't even get the chance to hold on to it more than a few minutes before Satan attacks them because it's so shallow they have no depth. He goes on, he says, Others like seeds sown in rocky places hear their word and once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, that's the depth that Jesus is talking about, they last only a short time. When trouble, persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Because there's no depth, they're shallow. And still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. We will go deep in areas like relationships, or work, or money, or kids, or whatever it is, yet we will not go deep in the spiritual things of life, and the enemy uses that to devour areas of our life, and I'm tired of hearing about it. If we want to successfully navigate spiritual attacks, not only recognize that we are in them, We should ask ourselves this question, you can fill it in. What areas of my life are spiritually shallow? What areas of my life are spiritually shallow? Heads up, Jesus knows what they are. You're not fooling anyone. And as I was praying about this message, preparing for it, I had just a few thoughts. These thoughts regarding spiritual shallowness may not relate to you, but I'm wondering if there's someone here or someone listening that these resonate with. And I just want to challenge you in a few areas because I've had too many discussions with people that are just literally getting some spiritual attack and getting devoured. And when I ask them, the basic tenets are, are you deep in an area? Are you coming to church? Are you praying? Are you reading their Bible? Are you reading your Bible? And too often what I hear is, well, not really. And so I just want to challenge us a little bit. Maybe you're in a family right now, and your family is literally being attacked. And the reality is, if we're honest, that you realize you've provided no spiritual depth in your family, and that there is no spiritual safety barrier between the enemy and what is going on in your family. And this resonates with me because when I was growing up in my family, during dinner, we prayed a prayer like this God, you're great, God is good, and we thank you for our food. Amen. It's a fine prayer. But if that is the only prayer that we are praying in our families, we have a huge gaping hole for the enemy to come in and sweep and devour our family. It's time to go deep. Maybe you're in a relationship that is painful, you're married. Things aren't going well, yet you are drifting off either into pornography or you're watching something and streaming something that presents relationship advice that is so not true that that would never happen in reality, yet you're focused on it and you're, you're drowning your thoughts in it. And the reality is you have not spent time in First Corinthians 13 where Scripture would tell you what love is. Two years ago, this convicted me. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love keeps no record of wrongs. That's powerful. You might think you have a deep enough understanding of the Bible, yet reality, have you read it this week, this month, or this year? We have kids or grandkids who are struggling If you don't know they're struggling, I'm going to tell you they're struggling because even in school they're being presented things that are just from my perspective, and I realize I'm old. It's insanity. And they need to be amongst a community that can help them, give them tools to navigate the spiritual attacks of life and survive. We need to get them to youth group on Wednesday night. We need to get them to church and to service and in the word. It's time to dig deep. It's what Jesus was warning Peter. In the middle of a private dinner, Jesus thought it was important enough. Jesus' warning to Peter highlights two things, that spiritual attacks are aggressively targeted and a lack of spiritual depth. Why don't you stand? We're going to move into a time of prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.